Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today is February 4th, 2022, which is a Friday. So we're doing Flashback Friday. Today we're going to be covering a different book than we've been covering all week. Um, This is uh, something that was recorded a year ago in April, so not quite a year ago. But this reading is The Preexistent Role of Women, Chapter 9 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1. And I think it's like episode 252, but um, we're going to do the reader program first, which I didn't do on the original program, Um, but I did read this chapter. So what I'm going to do today is do the reader program, which is about 12 minutes long, and then I'm going to play the old program where I did read this chapter. So if you're interested in reading this book, you can find it at ogdenkraut.com. Just scroll down to uh, to read Ogden's books, and then uh, once you find that list, go down to Kingdom of God, Volume 1. We're on Chapter 9, pages 91 through 96, and it is the pre-existent role of women. So I thought it would be nice to, uh, you know, to do a flashback Friday episode today. So this is the reader program. Like I said, it's about 12 minutes long. Thank you for listening. The Pre-Existent Role of Women, Chapter 9 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1. Pages 91 to 96 to be a priestess queen upon thy heavenly father's throne, and a glory to thy husband and offspring, to bear the souls of men, to people other worlds, as thou didst bear their tabernacles in mortality, while eternity goeth and eternity cometh. And if thou wilt receive it, lady, this is eternal life. John Taylor, Origin and Destiny of Women, as quoted in Marriage Covenant, Kraut, P. 25. Continuing along the lines of the previous chapter on representation, women are often considered as representatives of many wonderful attributes, love, kindness, emotion, caring, mercy, creation, life, endurance, and jewels in a man's crown. The scriptures speak of the Zion of the Lord and the New Jerusalem as being like the Bride of Christ. See Rev. 1823, 21, 2. The role and duties of women in the pre-mortal world is much different from that of the men. It is quite similar to wars on earth when men to go battle and the women usually remain at home. Very few women get involved with war in mortality, and they didn't over there either. Once again let's refer to Mosier Hancock's vision for an explanation. One third of the males and females would not accept of either star, 
but withdrew from their conflict, the females taking the males by the arm, said, Come, let us not take part with either side. Let us retire. 92. When they were cast out after the manner of spiritual warfare, they had no power to return. When they were all cleared from the platform, and Satan and his followers were all cast down, their female companions wept, and we all wept. Although females took part against the Father and the Son, but all took sides in their favor, except the neutral ones already mentioned. After the tears were dried from our eyes, the voice of the Great Eternal spoke again and said, Hear, O ye my children, his voice penetrating the immensity of space so that all could hear it. It is decreed by the Great Eternal that the females shall not follow their males in their banishment, but for every male that has kept his first estate and fought valiantly for the father and the son, there are two females. Again it is decreed that those males who have taken no part in this great conflict shall keep their females and a race of servants shall they be. I then saw that the notable ones who had taken such an interest in the rights of the father and the son, were appointed to gather up those lone females whose companions had been cast down. They were again placed in classes, each man having two females in the ranks behind him. Mosier Hancock J.R.N.L. P. 72. In recording this great vision of the pre-existence, Mosier also said, I looked in the direction indicated and saw an innumerable line of God's children extending further than I could see. They were arranged in pairs, male and female, and passed in front of the Eternal Father who named them, and they were clad in long white robes with girdles tied around their waists. Each pair seemed to have been created mates. Ibed P. 71. All of the dispensation heads and great prophets were there, as well as Jesus, the Son of God, and Lucifer, the Prince of Light. At this time there was an approximate 50-50th balance, 93, of both males and females. However, about one-third of all the hosts followed Lucifer and Dash, but as the Hancock vision states, there were no females among them. This is very interesting, because if this is the case, that means that there were more men that followed Lucifer than followed God and Christ. By figuring the ratio of those who rebelled based on the number 100, it would mean that one-third, or 33 persons, all men, left with Satan, out of the number of 100, one-half, or 50, were males. So subtracting 33 from 50 leaves 17, or about one-sixth of the total original spirits were men who followed Christ and Dash, or about one-fourth of the remaining spirits. Thus the ratio of women to men after Satan and his followers were cast out, was three to one. Women in the pre-mortal life were not rebellious. They were asked, first the males, and then the females behind them, will you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you go to that earth? Some would answer, yes, but not all. Some would be asked, will you obey that law which placed the God on high? And in every few cases I would hear the females say, I want my own mate. Ibed.
72. I saw Abraham, when he came back from the earth, and many of the notable ones, when they came back to be crowned. I saw them step upon the platform of the gods and receive their crowns, and enter into their exaltations. At last I saw the time when Joseph was to go forth, and the voice of the great Eternal said, Oh, my neglected daughters, gather around these my faithful servants who have been faithful in teaching you the principles of righteousness and of our kingdom, that others may come up and have the chance to be glorified. I saw many of them gather around Joseph and form a ring with him and the Savior in the center. They made a covenant with him that they would meet him on the earth and help him establish that great work upon the earth. I saw many of them gather around Brigham Young, John Taylor, 94, Wilfred Woodruff, and many other notable ones, and around many who have not become so notable. They formed rings around each of them with Christ in the center each time, for he rehearsed to them the covenant. They would take each other by the hand, in the circle, and bow their faces down to him, in the center, and in the most solemn manner agree to meet them here, until every one of those neglected daughters was provided for, and they were filled with such joy that their songs made a paradise of the realm. Ibed P. 73. But no such covenant was made between the devil and any of the female hosts in the pre-existence. He didn't get to take any women with him and dash not even a prostitute, a whore, nor a witch. Not even the worst pre-mortal woman fell for his lies and big promises. Imagine the billions and billions of females listening to him and watching him, but not one of them decided to follow him nor his program. What an honor to the name of womanhood. The devil is doomed to be a celibate bachelor. Knows wonder he got mad. Knows wonder he hates those righteous men who serve God in Christ. Knows wonder he has been raising hell ever since. Not only is he without a woman companion, but all of his followers are, too. Satan has a kingdom filled with celibate eunuchs, and anyone who follows him will become the same. God doesn't want the devil, nor those who rebelled against him nor any wicked men on earth to have any wives. Pali P. Pratt explained, the Sodomites, Canaanites, etc., received the reverse of this blessing. Instead of giving them a multiplicity of wives and children, he cut them off, root and branch, and blotted their name from under heaven, that there might be an end of a race so, 95, degenerate. Now this severity was a mercy. If we were like the people before the flood, full of violence and oppression, or if we, like the Sodomites or Canaanites, were full of all manner of lawless abominations, holding promiscuous intercourse with the other sex, and stooping to a level with the brute creation, and predisposing our children, by every means in our power, to be fully given to strange and unnatural lusts, appetites, and passions, would it not be a mercy to cut us off, root and branch, and thus put an end to our increase upon the earth? You will all say it would. 
the spirits in heaven would thank God for preventing them from being born into the world under such circumstances. Would not the spirits in heaven rejoice in the covenant and blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in relation to the multiplying of their seed, and in every additional wife which God gave to them as a means of multiplying? Yes, they would. For they could say in dash, now there is an opportunity for us to take bodies in the lineage of a noble race, and to be educated in the true science of life, and in the commandments of God. Oh what an unspeakable contrast, between being a child of Sodom, and a child of Abraham. Journal of Discourses 1, 259, When God's spirit children were sent down to this earth, the women were again faced with the problem of finding a good man to be their companion. If we could make every man upon the earth get him a wife, live righteously and serve God, we would not be under the necessity, perhaps, of taking more than one wife. But they will not do this. The people of God, therefore, have been commanded to take more wives. The women are entitled to salvation. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 16, 166. Women are also entitled to exaltation in the celestial kingdom, so they must be sealed to men who hold the priesthood and share in their power and authority. Under God's law it will not matter if the man fails. She can still share 96 in the blessings of the priesthood. Not only that but she will find a man with the priesthood and he will not be of the caliber of worldly men. Indeed, there will be many, many more women than men in the celestial kingdom. 97 Okay, so that was the reader program. And this is actually um, the reading part and the commentary part can be found um, by going to iTunes, the program that we're going to be covering today was episode 252. I think that this episode is 541, so it's a little while ago, but anyway, um, <clears throat> we're going to, uh, actually, I think this was, I think this was two years ago that I did this one. Because I was talking about an incident. So I'm not... I'm not playing the whole program. I'm just playing from the part where I started reading the book. And I actually talked for about 27 or 28 minutes before I got to the reading part. So I just fast-forwarded through all of that. But I was talking about something that happened when I was working for my old company. So that would have been two years ago. Because uh, I've been working for this new company for over a year now. So, anyway, um, but this is the reading portion with the commentary, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. I'm I'm gonna let this play out, and then we'll see where we go from there. But like I said, this is Flashback Friday. This is something that I, a program that I did two years ago. So, well, almost two years ago. Anyway, thank you for listening. Here we go. Um, let's, uh, 
let's get another reading and then I'll open up the phone lines if we have any questions or comments from anybody who wants to call in. So, The Pre-Existent Role of Women, Chapter 10 of the uh, Kingdom of God, Volume 1, pages 91 through 96. To be a priestess, queen, upon thy heavenly Father's throne, and a glory to thy husband and offspring, to bear the souls of men to people other worlds, as thou didst bear their tabernacles in mortality, while eternity goeth and, re- and eternity cometh. And if thou wilt receive it, lady, this is eternal life. And quote John Taylor, Origin and Destiny of Women, as quoted in the Marriage Covenant by Ogden Kraut, page 25. Continuing along the lines of the previous chapter on representation, women are often considered as representatives of many wonderful attributes, love, kindness, emotion, caring, mercy, creation, life, endurance, and jewels in a man's crown. The scriptures speak of the Zion of the Lord and the New Jerusalem as being like the Bride of Christ. See Revelations chapter 18, verse 23, also Revelations chapter 21, verse 2. I wanted to say something real quick. So, we are the Bride of Christ, but when we go after other gods and we do not uh, do as our husband asks us to, uh, and we go chasing off after worldly things, we become what is called the whore of Babylon. And in order to be the whore of Babylon, we actually have to have been the bride of Christ to begin with. A lot of people think that it's something else. The whore of Babylon, these are apostate Christians who go after worldly things. The role and duties of women in the pre-mortal world is much different from that of the men. It is quite similar to wars on earth when men go to battle and the women usually remain at home. Very few women get involved with war in mortality, and they didn't over there either in the pre-existence, what he's talking about. Once again, let us refer to Mosiah Hancock's vision for this explanation. And Mosiah Hancock, he was somebody who was a leader and authority uh, under Joseph Smith in Nauvoo, and uh, he followed the saints out with Brigham Young, and he was a 70 apostle. Anyway, he had this vision. So, and this is only this is a snippet of his actual vision. Now, if you want to read the full vision, go to ogdenkraut.com and, and uh, look up. Um, you click on read Ogden's books, and then you scroll down to visions of the latter days, and then just uh, type in uh, Control F or find in page, and uh, type in Mosiah or Mosiah Hancock, and you're going to find an awesome, awesome vision that he had, that he shared with the early, the early saints. Anyway, this is a snippet of that. One-third of the males and females would not accept of either star. So, 
Satan re- was represented by a red star, and and Jesus was represented by a white star. So one third of the males and females would not accept of either Satan or Jesus. But they withdrew from the conflict. The males taking are the, the females taking their males by the arms, and they said, "Come, let us not partake of either side. Let us retire." When they were also we're on page uh, ninety-two for those of you following along, when they were cast out after the manner of spiritual warf- well warfare, they had no power to return. When they were all cleared from the platform and Satan and his followers were ca- all cast down, their female, com- female companions wept, and we all wept. No females took part against the Father and the Son, but all took sides in their favor except the neutral ones already mentioned. After the tears were dried from the eyes, the voice of the Eternal... Uh, the great eternal spoke again and said, Hear, O my children. His voice penetrated the immensity of space so that all could hear it. It is decreed by the great eternal that the females shall not follow their males in their banishment. But for every male that has kept his first estate and fought valiantly for the father and the son, so the elect, there will be, or there are two females. So, to understand this, when you talk about soulmates or twin flames, that the genesis of that is when you are created as a spirit, you come from something called the intelligence. Now, the intelligence is eternal. When the intelligence becomes self-aware and it separates into female or male energies, it separates, and, and you have a spirit. You've got two spirits. You have a male spirit and a female spirit. Everybody has that. Every single person has that. Now, if the male, the masculine spirit, if the masculine spirit um, rebels, they are separated. Now, there can be other ways of separation as well. Um, for instance, uh, if a female is elect, and what that means is that they never departed from, from the, the plan of salvation. They never departed from the plan of salvation. They are elect. But their male counterpart, their soulmate, maybe they thought that Lucifer's plan was a better idea, and so they departed from the plan of salvation and they were not elect. So they are placed into uh, into a different category than the others. Um, and there's three main categories in this earth. You've got uh, the seed of Japheth, the seed of Shem and the seed of Ham. Three different divisions in this world. And then within those divisions, there's other divisions. But the seed of Shem are the elect of God. They are the Israelite people. They are they who 
chose the plan of salvation and never departed from the plan of salvation. The seed of Japheth, they did depart from the plan of salvation because they, they were deceived by Lucifer and his plan, but they were taught by the elect in the war in heaven, which was not fought with bullets or bombs or guns. It was fought by testimony and by teaching. They, they repented of, of their of following Lucifer, and they, they came back to, into the fold of the plan of salvation with Jesus Christ, or Yeshua. Now, the seed of Ham also did so, but they didn't come back quickly. And they, uh, many of them thought that Lucifer's plan was, was greater, but they were convinced to, to turn away from Lucifer's plan and to come into the fold of the plan of salvation. Those spirits who never accepted the plan of salvation but always thought Lucifer should be their leader, they never received bodies. They came, they came down upon this earth after they were cast out of the Shamaim or the heavens, and they are those who we would call demons in this life. Wicked spirits. All the others, they chose the plan of salvation. But the elect, they never departed from the plan of salvation. So you can have a soulmate that was assigned to the children of Shem, and you can have a soulmate who is assigned to the children of Ham or Japheth. Now, there were many more females who were elect than there were males. And for the elect, they have the opportunity to partake and especially the elect of the elect, the ones who fought valiantly, they had the opportunity to receive a great resurrection in the celestial kingdom. But in order for those spirits to receive that great resurrection, they first had to come on to, into this earth to receive a body and to be be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, a man to a woman, or female, the female energy to the male energy. When that happens, when you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, it's like bringing it back together. So before you were a spirit, you were eternal in a form that we would call the intelligence. But when you separate, you become a spirit. That's part of you that's missing. When God fills you together by the Holy Spirit of promise, the male to the female, that is creating a whole again, which gives you the opportunity to receive eternal life. Because there were many more elect females than there were males, and because of the, the females had to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise to a male or a masculine, God allows plural celestial marriage. 
Now, I know this is controversial, but we have it in the Torah instructions given to us for plural marriage. So when people think, oh, this is a great sin, Jesus, he never spoke about this, just realize that in Jesus' time, plural marriage was accepted and practiced by many of the Jews, and he never spoke out against it in the Torah. If you want to hear a really great video, um, you can go to my YouTube channel and look up uh, plural marriage or plural marriage in Torah. <coughs> <coughs> I spend about three hours going into detail on this subject in the Torah. Uh, and you can find that uh, my channel is uh, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass. Uh, or you can find the channel name is uh, Fundamentally Mormon. But they shadow ban me there. It's hard for, me, it's hard for people to find my stuff. So it's uh, people don't like what I have, especially Gentiles, especially LDS people who can't stand deeper doctrine. All right, so, because they've never been taught it by their leaders, unfortunately, even though the leaders, the founding leaders of the church taught all of these things. So anyway, getting back into this vision, but for every male there that has kept his first estate, and fought valiantly for the father and son, there are two females. And again, it is decreed that those males who have taken no part in the great conflict, conflict shall keep their females, and a race of servants shall they be. Okay, and this goes back to Genesis chapter 9, which talks about that Ham and the descendants of Ham and Canaan would be a servant of servants, unto Japheth. That was the curse placed upon the lineage of Ham. That's in your scriptures. That is in Genesis chapter 9. Okay. Then I saw the notable ones who had taken such an interest in the rights of the Father and the Son that they were appointed to gather up those lone females whose companions had been cast down when they were again placed in classes, each man having two females in the ranks behind him. End of quote. Mosiah Hancock Journal, page 72. In recording this great vision of the pre-existence, Mosiah also said, quote, I look in the direction indicated and saw an innumerable line of God's children extending further than I could see. They were arranged in pairs, male and female, and passing in front of the Eternal Father, who's, who named them. And they were clad in, they were clothed in long white robes with girdles tied round their waists. Each pair seemed to have been created mates. And that's Mosiah Hancock Journal, page 71. One of the great dispensation heads, and great prophets, all of the great dispensation heads and the great prophets were there, as well as Jesus, the Son of God, and Lucifer, the Prince of Light. And remember, 
Lucifer is a title, not a name. Lucifer lost his title and he became Satan, which is another title, and another was chosen to be the Prince of Light. And this is God the Witness. And it's really hard for people to understand that because of your culture. But your culture teaches you things in ignorance. They don't understand these things. Because in order to understand them, you have to receive revelation on the subject. At this time, there was an approximate 50-50 balance of both male and female. So we're on page 93 for those of you following along. However, about one-third of all the hosts followed Lucifer, but as the Hancock vision states, there were no females among them. This is very interesting because it because if this is the case, that means that there were more men that followed Lucifer than followed Christ, God our Father and Christ his Son. By figuring the ratio of those who rebelled based on the number 100, it would mean that one-third or 33 persons of all men left with Satan out of the number 100 or one-half or basically 50 were males, so subtracting 33 from 50 leaves 17, or about one-sixth of the total or original spirits who were men who followed Christ, and, or about one-fourth of the remaining spirits. Thus, the ratio of women to men after Satan and his followers were cast out was three to one. And I know all three of the women that I have covenanted to, uh, to be with in this life. Well, there were actually four. Because in order for me to do what I need to do, I need to be able to be sealed and to have children. So God set aside and I made covenants with who is now my wife, and she understands these things very well. And her soulmate, so that she would be my wife. He is married to one he was covenanted to, and he gave her up to me because it was that important that I, I was married and had children. If the three I had, my soulmate, my, my twin spirit, she lives up in Washington. Because of her family, uh, they forbid her from marrying me. I don't want to get too much into it, but but I also I was uh, I was married to another woman who was one of these women that I covenanted to, whose name is Rebecca, and she and it's interesting. Right before we got married. God told me that she would not be with me for very long, but that she would be with me again in the future. And I thought, what, what am I going to die? Is she going to die? We'll, we'll be resurrected and be reunited. I didn't understand. And things happened so that we, our marriage ended. And I'm still sealed to her, and I think about her all the time, but I have not spoken to her since 2006. 
but she was one of those that I covenanted with. There was another one who I covenanted with, and she, um, well, I don't want to get too much into all the stories, but um, after, um, after I got married to my wa- my current wife, um, I introduced my wife to this woman that I had been with that, um, she and I have this, this really magnetic pull towards each other. And we invited her to be one of our, a uh, part of our family as a sister wife. And she said that she would, if the church, um, if the LDS church ever goes back to plural marriage, that she would be, she would join our family. But until then, she didn't feel like she could. Because each of these three women did not um, fulfill the covenant that, that they made with me, like I said, my wife and her soulmate made a covenant with me that she would take her place as my wife. And we're very good friends with him and his wife. Um, They're like a brother to me. Uh, He's like a brother to me, and I love his wife. But my wife has this soulmate connection with, with him still, and they know who they are. They know who I am. They understand all of these things that I'm telling you, and they understood these things before I met them. I also understood these things before I met them. Okay. So, thus the ratio of women to, to men after Satan and his followers were cast out was three to one. Now, there is a larger ratio now because there are so many women that qualify for the higher blessings who do not have males to be sealed to. Anybody who, who has been in a singles ward, a, a young adult, and it gets worse as they get older, mid-adults or whatever, you're going to go into these singles wards and you're going to see very many women who do not or are not married. And because they qualify to receive the higher blessings, but they cannot receive them unless they are filled by the Holy Spirit of promise to them now, you've got more of a ratio than three to one at this point, unfortunately. But in Torah law, in order for you to live the covenant, the Torah covenant of plural marriage, you actually you have to provide for their home, for their clothing, for their food, and for their sexual desires. So people like Brigham Young, who took all of these women, or, or Solomon or David, that's an abomination. Because how can you provide for the sexual fulfillment of women, especially when they are in their sexual prime, and you've got 30 or 40 wives or 100 or uh, you know, 700 wives or whatever it was that Solomon had, you can't. 
that actually is breaking the Torah instruction on plural celestial marriage. So, anyway, uh, women in the pre-mortal life were not rebellious. They were asked, first, uh, first the males and then the females behind them, will you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ when you go onto the earth? Some would answer yes, but not all. Some would be asked, "Will you obey the law which placed the God on uh, places the God placed the God on high?" That's plural celestial marriage, and um, uh, it's actually being filled by the Holy Spirit of promise. So, like I said, in order to receive exaltation, you have a female and a male have to be filled together. If you if you seal a male and a male together, that's through the law of adoption. That does not complete that requirement of being sealed and, and co- becoming complete with the female. And if two females are, are sealed together, as some breakoffs of the LDS Church do today, that does not fulfill the requirement of the... Uh, you know, the, the, this being filled by the Holy Spirit of promise, man to woman and woman to man. Are continuing on. In every, few, in every few cases, I would hear the female say, I want my own mate. So there are those that want, don't want to share their husbands, and that's fine. But if, as long as they're sold by the Holy Spirit of promise, that's what is required. It is, it's a, a great act of charity for a woman to see her friends single, knowing that she has a wonderful husband who is worthy of the higher blessings to invite her friends by the spirit of revelation, because you shouldn't do any of this unless you get revelation on the subject, but to invite her friend into her family. It is a great act of charity because the woman that understands that her friend cannot receive the higher blessings even though she is worthy she cannot receive the higher blessings without being sealed to a masculine and for her to step aside and say my husband is a wonderful man and if you are compatible I would like to invite you to be part of my family this is the law of Sarah I don't agree with men running around trying to find women to, to add to their harem. It drives me nuts when I see this kind of thing. But like one of my friends, he was married monogamously to his wife, and he met his soulmate, and she knew it. They both knew it. All three of them knew it. And my friend's wife invited his soulmate to be part of his family as a sister wife. Wasn't easy. These things are not easy. But that was a great 
wonderful act of charity for her to step aside and to allow her husband to be sealed to his soulmate because oftentimes the covenant made in the pre-existence will be that the first, second, third wife may not be the soulmate because once a man is with his soulmate, he will not want to be with, with anyone else. So the women that covenant with him in the pre-existence will come first before the soulmate comes. That's what actually, that's what happens most of the time. Because it is that important for him to to not, or to, to accept these other women that he might love but there's a different kind of love between a soulmate two soulmates there's a magnetic attraction basically this other person if, if the spirit is like a blanket and you've got the masculine and, and the feminine when the spirit becomes separated and it becomes self-aware and you've got the masculine and the feminine it's like tearing the blanket in two they're both part of the same essence they're both part of the same intelligence. So when they come together, it is an awesome, overwhelming experience. And people who have experienced it are the only ones that can understand it. Now, the man could love and the woman could love the man that, it, that they've made covenants with, but the love between a soulmate the strong magnetic bond between soulmates is wonderfully powerful. Continuing on with the reading. I saw Abraham when he came back from the earth and many of the no notable ones, when the noble and great ones, okay, no notable ones, when they came back to be crowned. I saw them step upon the platform of the gods the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the Elohim, and receive their crowns and enter into their exaltations. There's more than just one exaltation. At last I saw the time when Joseph was to go forth, and, and the voice of the great Eternal said, Oh, my neglected daughters, gather around these my faithful servants, who have been faithful in teaching you the principles of righteousness and of our kingdom, that others may come up and have the chance to be glorified. I saw many of them gather around Joseph, speaking of Joseph Smith, and form a ring, a, a, a ring with him and the Savior in the center. So now remember, okay, anybody who is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, even if it's one man to one woman, is going to be sealed to the husband, which is Yeshua or Jesus Christ. So I think it's funny when people are flipping out about um, polyandry as two males being sealed to one woman. Well, when you as a man or a woman are sealed together and you're sealed to 
Jesus Christ as your husband, then you've got two husbands and one wife. Now, this is nothing to do with anything sexual. Plural celestial marriage, that should be the last thing on the mind. If, if you're doing this because you want to have sex with a bunch of, of women, then you're doing it out of a carnal desire, out of a Babylonian interest. But I think it's funny because every one of you out there that has been sealed in the temple and been sealed to the or to, to Jesus Christ as your husband, you're all practicing polyandry in a way. So there's always going to be two husbands. One of them is always going to be Jesus Christ or the Father. Okay, so... I, I know, I, I, I enjoy that, that subject just because it, it raises people's eyebrows and they're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, if we're all the bride of Christ, isn't Christ a polygamist? <laughs> all right. I'll let you yell at me when, uh, when I open up the phone lines if you want. Anyway, I saw many of them gathering Joseph Smith and form a ring with him and the Savior in the center. They made a covenant with him that they would meet him on the earth, Jesus, or I mean Joseph Smith, and help him establish the great work upon the earth for the restoration of the gospel. Um, I saw many of them gather around Brigham Young and John Taylor, Wilfred Woodruff, and, and many other notable ones, who are on page 94, and around many who have not become so notable. They form rings around each of them with Christ in the center each time. For he re rehearsed to them the covenant. They would take each other by the hand in the circle and bow their faces down to him in the center and in the most solemn manner. This is the covenant that were made that are still so important that we just we don't understand. Because we're not taught these things by our leaders today. They would meet Christ in the center and bow their head and in most solemn manner agree to meet them here on the earth until every one of those neglected daughters was provided for and they, they were filled with such joy that their songs made a paradise of the realm. That's in the Mosiah Hancock Journal, page 73. But no such covenant was made between the devil and any of the female hosts in the pre-existence. He didn't get to take any women with him, not even a prostitute, a whore, or a witch, because there were no females that follow all the demons. I don't care what they come to you like, because they can choose the form that they show you, but none of them are feminine. Not one of them are feminine. It doesn't mean a woman can't be wicked, but that doesn't mean that a woman, women are the feminine spirits. There are no demons that are feminine. Not even the worst premortal woman fell for his lies and big promises. Imagine the billions and billions of females listening to him and watching him, but not one of them decided to follow him, nor his program. What an honor to the name of womanhood.
The devil is doomed, doomed to be cel- a celibate bachelor. No wonder he got mad. No wonder he hates those righteous men who serve God in Christ. No wonder he has been raising hell ever since. Not only is he without a woman companion, but, but all of his followers are too. And let me just say, I have personally met the soulmate of Satan. She lives on the earth today. She lives uh, in the Salt Lake City area. I know who she is. He can't be with her. Whenever, and I've been in the presence of, of Satan many times. Many people in my family have seen him face to face, including my son, including my wife. We all know him personally because of who I am. Every time I've been in his presence, except for when I was with her, he is, he is in a, a rage. Uh, when you are near him, you feel the darkness and the, the, the rage. and the, the, I don't even know how to describe it. That he, that he is. But when I was with her, and she presented herself to me, and I, I interview, uh, interviewed her back in 2013 or two, I, maybe it's 2014. Uh, he was calm. He he misses her. He the only person that can calm that beast is his soulmate that he can never be with because it's far into the darkness as she went or as, as he went she went into the light she is one of the mighty and great ones one of the mighty and strong ones see the mighty and strong ones are officers but see people don't understand this so let me tell you <laughs> every soulmate of one who has chosen to be mighty and strong is also mighty and strong. So when I talked about there being 15 who are mighty and strong for each earth, actually, there are 30 who are mighty and strong for each earth. 10 female and 10 male. I mean, uh, 15 female and 15 male. Eight for each dispensation under the dispensation head. So the Father came down in the beginning as Michael, your father, with four others in that dispensation who had soulmates who were there with them. Eve was the soulmate of Michael, Hava, whatever. Her name was Ashura. When Yeshua came down, he came with his soulmate and Peter, James, and John, and uh, John the Revelator, John the Baptist, they were four who were mighty and strong, with Yeshua being the fifth one, or the first of the, fi- uh, of the five. But each one of them had a soulmate, so there were ten for that dispensation. In this dispensation, Joseph Smith came down as a, a John the Baptist type of Elias, 
to prepare the way for God the witness to come into mortality, to lay the foundation of Zion. He came with his soulmate, and there will be four others besides God the witness and Joseph Smith, so three others, with their soulmates. They are all considered mighty and strong. All right. Satan has a kingdom filled with celibate eunuchs, and anyone who follows him will become the same. All right. God doesn't want the devil, nor those who rebel, rebelled against him, nor any wicked men on the earth to have any wives. Harley P. Pratt explained, and let me just, uh, somebody's going to come over here in a minute. I've got to see if I can get this trailer moved now. Come on, Chuck. Nope. Uh, I'm going to have to put more alcohol in these wines because I should have already eaten it, eaten it by now. But that's fine. Uh, I'll finish this and then I'll work on my truck and hopefully I can get it rolling back to the yard sometime today. Luckily, I've only been on shift for... Uh, 12 hours at this point and um, I have 14 hour day uh, 14 hours a day but I can extend it uh, if I have a breakdown like I have now up to 16 hours so I still have another um, four hours to get these breaks unlocked or I've got to have my wife come and get me <laughs> uh, which isn't that big of a deal because we live like 20 minutes from the power plant. So, anyway. The Sodomites, Canaanites, etc. received the reverse of this blessing. Instead of giving them a multiplicity of wives and children, he cut them off, root and branch, and blotted their name from under heaven that there might be an end of the race so does uh, degraded. And that's talking about Lucifer. So we're on page 95 for those of you who are reading along. Now, the, now this uh, severity was a mercy. If we were like the people before the flood, full of violence and oppression, or if we live, or if we, like the Sodomites and, or Canaanites, are full of all manner of lawless abominations, holding promiscuous intercourse with the other sex, and stooping to a level, a level with the brute creation and predisposing our children by every means in our power to be fully given to strange and unnatural lusts, appetites, and passions, would it not be a mercy to cut us off root and branch and thus put an end to our increase upon the earth? And, and Like, just look at it like this. God wants to send his children down to to a good people. If the people get so wicked that they're going to corrupt the pure spirits that he's sending down, he's going to put an end to it. And he might put an end to your whole civilization if you get to be like the Sodomites or the Canaanites. And a lot of people... A lot of Gentiles will say, oh, that's horrible. How could he do such a thing? It's not horrible. It's merciful to the children who have to come down. 
when a society gets that wicked, it's kind of like these children are getting sucked into a tornado of darkness. They come down and they're corrupted because of their, the, the sins of their fathers and their mothers. That's why God allows civilizations to be destroyed or to be humbled. Because he loves his children. He does not want to put them in that situation. Continuing on, you will all say it would. The spirits in heaven would thank God for preventing them from being born into a world under such circumstances. Would not the spirits in heaven rejoice in the covenant and blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in relation to the multiplying of their, their, their seed or their children in every, addition, in, in every additional wife which God gave to them by the means of multiplying? Yes, they would. This is, so basically he's saying, you know, like the elect who practice plural celestial marriage these are the righteous. Not, not people who do it for carnal desires, but they who do it because they love God and they're keeping God's laws. Though those children are blessed to go into those families. Now, if you've got a man like Warren Jeffs, who is a pedophile, who uses plural celestial marriage for his own means, then it's sad. It's a very sad thing because he's corrupting and he's, in, he's, he's screwing up people's lives because of his own wicked carnal desires. Continuing on with the quote, yes, they would. For they could say, now where is an, an opportunity for us to take bodies in the lineage of the noble race and to be educated in the true science of life and in the commandments of God? Oh, what an unspeakable contrast between being a, ch a child of Sodom and a child of Abraham. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 259. So that was Parley P. Pratt that, that gave that. Uh, it's recorded in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 259. When God's spirit children were sent down to this earth, the women, the women were again faced with the problem of finding a good man to be their companion. If we could make every man upon the earth get him a wife, live righteously, and serve God, we would not be under the necessity, perhaps, of taking more than one wife. And that's true. If everything was perfect, it would be one wife, one man, one wife. That is, that is perfection. God allows plural celestial marriage because of the wickedness and, and the wicked choices of, of, uh, of his children. Like I said before, these women in these singles wards, I weep for them. They think that God's going to make it better someday. And I hope he does. But just remember, today is the day for you to make your choices to receive your blessings. And if you have the opportunity 
but you turn away from it. Like my friend. I'll say her name. I won't say her last name, but you know. She knows that she's made covenants with me in the pre-existence. I know it, and my wife knows it. We invited her to, my wife invited her to be part of our family. She's still single. She has the opportunity to be filled to me by the, the Holy Spirit of promise. But because the LDS Church did away with what they think they did away with, uh, law of plural celestial marriage, which actually contradicts John Taylor's revelation given in the 1880s and Wilfred Woodruff's revelation before the manifesto was, uh, was signed, Like, this whole manifesto thing in the 1890s is a lie to, to beat the devil at his own game. According to Charles W. Penrose, who was the second counselor, or first counselor, I can't remember why, of, of Wilfred Woodruff. Even after the manifesto, they were taking plural wives. In fact, the last president publicly to have a plural wife with Heber J. Grant, but David O. McKay was filled to his secretary and his wife while he was president of the church in secret. And then you've got people like Russell M. Nelson or Dallin H. Oaks who were sealed to women who died and they're sealed to other women and they're practicing plural marriage. They're still the two women. There are others of the leadership of the church who are still to more. God never did away with any of these laws. He never did. Let me see here. 92%. Alright, so I've, I've got 8% more to read. Let's see if we can get through it. All right, let's see. If we could make every man upon the earth get him a wife, live righteously, and serve God, we would not be under the necessity, perhaps, of taking more than one wife. But they will not do this. The people of God, therefore, have been commanded to take more wives. The women are entitled to salvation or they're entitled to their higher blessings which cannot come without a man being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise to a woman and a woman to a man that's, that's Brigham Young Journal of Discourses volume 16 page 166 women are also entitled to exaltation in the celestial kingdom see a lot of us here on this earth we qualify for exaltation because of who we were. Even before we came here, even before we came here, we may not understand that because we've never asked, and we have this bell over our mind, but there are many of you out there listening to my voice today and in the future. I promise you, there are many of you out there who qualify 
or exaltation before you even came into mortality. So you know how the children that died before the age of accountability, they came down to obtain a body, but they did not need to go through everything that, that many of us have to go through because they already qualified to be heirs of the celestial kingdom. There are many of you out there who qualified just like those little children, but you are here on this earth at this time to fulfill roles, to fulfill um, certain things that you're going to do in this life. And you're not here to be tested and tried. You're, you're going to learn because that's, that's just going to happen. But you already qualified for Celestial Kingdom before you even came here. Many of you out there qualified to have your calling and election made sure and you just don't know because you never studied it out and you didn't ask. I promise you there are many out there who, uh, who already qualified for this. You're in this realm of existence at this time to fulfill missions. You're going to learn. You're going to go through trial and error. You're going to go through all the, all the stuff that, that comes with mortality. But you already qualified. Women are entitled to exaltation in the celestial kingdom, so they must be sealed to men who hold the priesthood and share in their power and authority. Under God's laws, it will not matter if the man fails, she can still, can still share in the blessings of the priesthood. We're on page 96, and this is the last page. So the last page, I'll finish this reading, and the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. I've also posted this number on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. It is 8.21 a.m. in the morning here in Mountain Standard Time Zone. So 7, 7.21 Pacific, whatever. All right, so if you're hearing this live and you want to ask me a question or make a comment or whatever, you can call in right now. The phone lines are open. And uh, the, the phone number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. Not only that, but she will find a man in the priesthood, and he will not be of the caliber of worldly men. Indeed, there will be many, many more women in the celestial kingdom than men. Alright, so that is the end of that chapter. Let me, uh, real quick, let me just pull up this here. I'm going to, uh, okay, so chapter 10, when I come back on, is entitled The Prince of Darkness. And he became Satan, yea, even the devil, the father of all lies deceive and to blind men and to lead them captive at his will even as many 
even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. Abraham chapter 4, verse 4. And like I said, you can find this book for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Click on Read Ogden's Books and then scroll down to Kingdom of God, Volume 1. So, and you can find all of these books um, at that place. So, All right, let's see. I'm going to pull up the studio and see if we have any guests Colors. Yeah, and it looks like we don't have any colors, which is fine. Now, to that guy that I was talking about earlier, who told people who told people not to listen to this program or read anything that I, that I have to say because I'm quoting Orson Pratt or Brigham Young or Joseph Smith. Now, are they apostates? Or is the church that refuses to teach what they taught apostates? Just, just ask yourself that question. Why is it that Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 28 the drunkards of Ephraim and the one mighty and strong teaching they who have been weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast who are ready for the meat of the gospel. Why is it that Jesus Christ in section 85 of the Doctrine of Covenants stated that he would send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order, implying it would become out of order? Why is it that in section 112, the judgments of God come first upon they who say they know me and do not upon my house. That house, that temple where the saints gather around is where the judgments of God come first. It's because we have been given so much, so much of the restored gospel, so much truth, and we just, it's like in Kirtland. They were placed under condemnation because they treated the things of God lightly, and they treated the former revelations lightly. We as a people do the same thing today. We treat the things of God lightly, the things that God has given to us in our dispensation, the laws of the celestial kingdom given to us in our dispensation. We treat those things lightly. And I am calling upon all who hear my voice. You may not believe I am who I say I am. But hear my voice. As I'm quoting the, the foundational leaders of the church to you, turn back to the restoration. Turn back to the first works. You are God's people. God wants Zion to be redeemed. God wants the church of the firstborn to come down out of heaven to meet you at Adam and on Diamond. But according to the scripture, it is only when a people live all that God has commanded that that will happen and he's given you so much 
and people who have access to this knowledge to refuse and make excuses as to why they will not be obedient to God's plan of salvation and his restored gospel in its fullness will be condemned as the saints of Kirtland were condemned for treating the things of God lightly. This is why section 112 it says that they us we as a people among they who say that they know him will be judged that the wow <laughs> I'm froze up I can't move so sorry about that <laughs> Anyway, somebody just decided they wanted to pull behind me and, like, I'm going to move. <laughs> Can't move. I wish I could. Anyway, uh, we've got to be more obedient. We've got to turn back to God. We have to repent. And if the leaders of the church won't do it, they who say that they know him, that is who that, that revelation is for. Among they who say that they know me but do not. And upon my house, whose house? The temple. That's where the beginning happens. And it's interesting, in Salt Lake, there was a 5.6 or a 5.8 earthquake that recently happened last month in March of 2020. I watched a map of where all the earthquakes were happening of North America when that earthquake happened in Salt Lake there was a shock wave that you could see with all of the little earthquakes going away from Salt Lake in a ring all the way up into uh, all the way up into Alaska to the North Pole all the way down to Latin America all the way across from coast coast to coast all the way up into Greenland that earthquake triggered a massive swarm of earthquakes that went all around the country and we were getting aftershocks. And now we have had another major earthquake in Chalice, Idaho, north of Boise. God is trying to speak to you by his own voice, by the voice of tempests, by the voice of locusts, by the voice of fire, by the voice of earthquakes, because he wants you to repent and turn back to him. Whether or not I am who I say I am, it doesn't matter who I say I am. What matters is who God is as he is and what he has asked us to do as a people to redeem Zion. We have had the instructions laid out before us and we ignore it and we make excuses as to why we don't have to follow those instructions. God never rescinded, he never abrogated any of his commandments. He wants us to turn to him and to repent. So I hope that I've given you something to think about when I come back on, probably tomorrow, 
because I always I always try to to do the programs and then things just, ugh, things happen because Satan doesn't want me to get this out there. He doesn't want me to talk about these things. He doesn't want you to repent. So he doesn't want somebody who's trying to help people to understand things. He doesn't want them to repent either. <laughs> anyway, but I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you for listening to the program. Please, if you have any questions or comments, leave uh, leave your questions and comments in uh, in the posts on Facebook, and I'll try to get to them if I can. Or you can call in tomorrow, or any time I, I come on, on the air and do these programs. So anyway, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for listening to the program. Take care, everyone. I hope that you're blessed. Goodbye.
How's it going, Mitch? Did you work late today? No, I, I got home about six, just after six. Oh. I was uh, trying to, I was going to get a hold of you about some stuff, but we can chat tomorrow. A lot of interesting things going on. So, yeah, Mark is, Mark uh, Hemp, Kemp, is picking up 200 pounds a week. Yeah, he told me about that. Well, let's not discuss that on this call, but anyway, well, good. All right, um, let's see. What else was I going to talk to you about? Nothing much. Um, so we're getting ready for the call. Um, got a couple things going on. A lot of interesting things happening in the world. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about what's happening as far as uh, um, the coronavirus. Did you listen to conference or any of it today? I listened to one talk. Oh. I listened to yesterday's talks on YouTube when I was driving last night about three in the morning. But every time I tried to turn it on, something happened and my tablet shut off. <laughs> so I listened. I basically listened to one talk and after about an hour of trying to get it to work, I just gave up and moved on to the next videos on my my list of things that I listen to. So I'm going to try to listen to it, to it again tomorrow. So was there okay. any announcements? There's a new... Uh, um... Yeah, he's saying it. Proclamation. Yeah, it was a new new proclamation is what she's saying. Yeah. I, there was also a temple announced in Dubai, and I guess, yeah. I guess the government in Dubai um, requested it or something to that effect. Dubai has to be the most anti-Christian nation there is. Well... It might have something to. It might have something to do with the fact that the one world government really likes the LBS Church because the people are so submissive, and something to the effect of the whole thing with the Pope inviting Russell M. Nelson to to the Vatican what, last year, I think it was, or a year before that. You know, one world religion type of stuff. But, I mean, that's only speculation on my part. I don't know. Well, and they, they also talked a little bit about one in um, China, Shanghai. Shanghai, yep. Yeah. I don't know if that's a new one or they had one existing. Nope. I, I didn't quite catch the whole story. Oh, I thought it was a new one. I mean, just from what I've been <clears throat> in my groups, people are talking about it. And yeah, I think it's a new one that they just announced. I could be wrong, but that's the gist of what I understood what people were talking about as I was reading the comments. Huh. Well, there's a lot of Christians 
in China. In fact, there's a lot of members of the church in China. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the book, but um, it was uh, Tortured. Oh, yeah, it was called Tortured for Christ. Anybody ever heard of that book? Isn't that out of, like, Romania? Yeah, it's actually in Russia. I think he was Romanian, but he got into Russian area and had uh, all these experiences. But he he was a little like um, Dmitry Dudeman. In his day, he talked a lot about going and giving Bibles and all the crazy stuff that happened with him. I mean, my gosh, he was tortured and all kinds of terrible things, and angels appeared, and, you know, he had all these experiences, and uh, it changed kind of the world for a lot of a lot of people in that, in that area. And he said the uh, people in Russia are some of the most... Uh, they love the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they seek for it. They really want it. So, uh, so that was it. it. Was kind of an interesting article. He talked a lot about, you know, what they were and how they did things. And so, um, it is a free book. If you look up "Tortured for Christ" online. They will, and you request it. I can't remember what foundation it is, but they will send you a free book. Um, one, one per family or something like that. But it's a, it's a very, very good book if anybody's interested. It, it has a, a very interesting story. So I, I think I have one in my archive already, but I'll go and request another one. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh, a book about, you know, the basic things of that. So, yeah, so they, they did that. I don't know what else uh, right in right off the top of my head. I can't think of anything else, you know, that was happening in uh, in conference that was, you know, major importance. But I, I thought they would talk a lot more about preparedness or, you know, they'd mentioned president kimball saying that we should have gardens or you know i was just kind of hoping for something and nothing happened i was like oh dang they were more interested in the 200 say, say that again we didn't quite hear you they were more interested in the 200 year old anniversary oh yeah yeah that was definite oh and being and being good global citizens yes yeah, that one, they kind of had to repeat that a few thousand times. Yeah. Everyone get in line, start buying like a sheep. Yeah. Well, that's the dangerous part of all this. I just read a uh, part that was kind of an interesting one about... Um, I guess it's a governor in Maine or something said something about, uh, you know, she's going to make everybody stay in and do this. And and some sheriff got on there and said, uh, no, 
um, this that's unconstitutional, and we will not uphold that. Yeah, that we should have to show them. We shouldn't. This isn't Go Nazi on. Germany, and this isn't communist yes, Russia. Yes, yes. We shouldn't have to show our papers to the government. Right. You'd, you've seen that. That was a good one. Yeah, very well done. Well, so, uh, if the yep. Constitution was ever hanging by a thread, I'm pretty sure this is about it. Oh, well, it can get worse. Ask them. Can it can get worse? You know what's interesting about that? Let me let me tell you a little bit about the hanging by a thread thing. My dad was talking with the guy one time, and he was talking about the White Horse Prophecy. And, of course, the White Horse Prophecy has gotten neglected because so many people... Because, well, the LDS Church came back and said, well, it was written down many years later, and since it was so many years, we're not going to accept it as a viable, you know, real revelation. We're going to, you know, we're going to say that it's basically not a revelation. Um, even though it was written down, and there was a lot of stuff there, and my dad basically said to one gentleman, he said, well, I'll tell you what, since, I, since you don't like the revelation, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down, and I will go through each paragraph, and I can buy journal of discourses, millennial star, valuable things that uh, the church acknowledges are true and, and trustworthy, and other sources as well, and I can basically rewrite the whole revelation, except for one part, one statement, and that was the Constitution will hang by a thread. And he said, that is only found in the White Horse Prophecy. <laughs> but everybody quotes it. I mean, Brigham Young, uh, everybody else, all the way through, Wilford Woodruff, in fact, the point I was going to make was Wilford Woodruff made a statement, and he said, if the Constitution is to be saved, it will be by, you know, the boys from Rocky Mountains or, or whatever. And, and in other words, if it, it will hang by a thread, and it's even possible that we won't save it. So that was kind of an interesting point of view uh, from Wilford Woodruff. But it is the only place that it was stated was in in uh, the White Horse Prophecy. So, yep. One of my sons, one of my sons actually had a vision or a dream about this time, and he saw the American flag flying in the midst of all of this chaos. So he said, "Yes, we, it will be saved, but it will be by just a very small margin." Well, who knows how many different groups will adopt the Constitution as they're fighting for the country. I mean, because uh, if the Supreme Government is <clears throat> destroyed, um, like is talked about in some of the visions, um, there will be there will be like these little splinter groups who will try to uphold it. You know, so they might uphold it within small groups that are rebelling or fighting against the rioting and all of the mess that, that'll happen during that time. It's a good point. I do like the part that it's, uh, that, um, 
that he said about the the boys will come down from the Rocky Mountains because uh, you know on Isaiah's prophecies it talks all about how God will lead His people in the top of the mountains, in the highways of the top of the mountains, and in the deserts, and that kind of goes along with you know that that quote coming down from the mountains, and that's where I think that uh, well. You know that. Well, I told Kevin about this. I think I'll t- I told Mitch, but I was told to live in Emory County and to stay where I'm at until things get too dangerous, and then to go into uh, the area northwest of Lake Powell. And um, along with that, I had this I don't know idea pop into my mind mind that there would be a highway in the top of the mountains to to follow down to that gathering place so i don't know what all will happen i you know i don't i've never even been down there hardly but um that's something i'm not looking forward to because i kind of enjoy having you know, heat and power, electricity, uh, those are my favorite things. <laughs> Running water, sewage, <laughs> you know, toilets in the house. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big camper. <laughs> I find it interesting that my wife who is not in Utah, uh, refused to move to Utah for her whole life. And all of a sudden is now praying. We had a prayer tonight. And her prayer was, let us know when it's time to come and be with Mitch. Wow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. That's, that's a huge wow. <laughs> that's that's big, big, big for her. <laughs> is she still she in Yakima? Willing, yeah, she was willing to divorce me because I moved to Utah. And now she's saying, <laughs> I need to come. Yeah. She's scared now, probably. Oh, it's getting worse in Washington. Washington's kind of leading the way for the whole country of how to prepare and lock down. Yep. What, What was that last statement you said, Mitch? Washington seems to be leading the country on what to do with the coronavirus, how to protect, how what agencies we need to shut down. I'm seeing it take the first step, and other states are tending to follow Washington. Well, Washington was supposedly the first state that stopped the coronavirus in the United States. So, you know, they're probably farther ahead than anybody for that reason, but also... They, you know, it's kind of, it's quite a liberal state. And when they, the lockdown, we've been getting um, conditions with the lockdown thing through the schools. I remember when they started doing lockdowns, it scared the, the Jesus out of me when my kids were in school. Because until I got them, I, I, we didn't have very much money, but I sure make sure they had a, a prepaid phone and so that I would know what was going on because of those lockdowns. But I think they were conditioning people 
because it's for their safety, you know. <laughs> I've heard that, uh, I've heard a bunch of different videos people are making on their phones where they're confronting um, contractors who are putting 5G antennas in the schools while the kids are gone and how the people don't want it, but they're doing it um, secretly. Anybody else heard anything about that? Part of the problem with 5G is that it emits microwave radiation and uh, anything over uh, 20, uh, I can't remember the amperages or whatever they call them, but like they're way over like even what the government allows for this kind of radiation um, and they're just pumping it out everywhere and uh, how when they do that your uh, cells will uh, it, it poisons your cells in your body and when the poison is in the cells the cells will uh, get rid of the poisons and it'll act like a virus but it doesn't it's not a virus, it's the poisons in the cells that are actually causing the sickness that acts like a virus. In fact, there's a video um, that I watched last night that I posted on Facebook. Um, would it be all right if I um, did, uh, played the audio for that so you guys could listen to it? It's fine, that one of my... Uh, you could you could uh, send it to us in a link. Yeah, I, I posted that. Yeah, it's right on my wallet. It's something that I posted today. How, how long? There, is, I, there are, there are um, articles of uh, China having the five G right about the time that all this coronavirus happened. Yep. Yeah, it supposedly makes the oxygen stand. So your hemoglobins or whatever that come in your lungs and from your blood can't take oxygen to your brain and stuff. So it makes you feel like you can't breathe. But but anyway, yeah. So the only thing is, I mean, if they're doing it secretly, that means the schools have said no to it previously. But my router that I bought like two years ago has the choice of 2.4 or 5. And wow. I didn't understand, I didn't understand it. So I've had 5G, but we've never used it. Like we've never, um, like I've never hooked anything up to it. So I turned it off. So routers in your house, you need to go in as, and they might not be able to be turned off anymore. Now it might be standard. But, um, I just turned, I just, uh, what's that? I unchecked the 5G part of it. So, to me, all the school needs to have is a, a router, unless they want to really in it far, because the thing with 5G is it's very weak. It can't go through walls. It can't go through trees. In fact, in one city, they're cutting down mature trees. The city is. And it's supposed to be a green, a green community. So it's not just making people, you know, wonder what's going on. But I don't know. I don't have any personal. I've, 
I've heard I've heard people talking about how 5G is actually better than anything else because it'll penetrate concrete walls. You can get a 5G signal like in a parking garage under a building, uh, anywhere you are, you can get Yeah, according service. to all the things that I have read on it, no. <laughs> but it's kind of my hard to even going through rain. One of my degree in radiation and if this is x-ray with extremely high penetrating so yeah lead would be about the only thing that'd keep it out and even then depending upon how much what the frequency is a uh, quarter inch of lead may not be enough but i need to do some research on that oh i heard it was microwave frequencies yeah uh, i don't think it's x-ray and um it's uh it, it, I, I've only read, the thing about 5G is its speed, but it has to have a, a, like a radio, like a, a line of sight. That's why, that's why um, it can't just be, that's why it's got to be in every home. That's why it's got to be in every school. If it could travel through walls yeah. and stuff, what difference would they care if it was inside the school? It, read, read a little bit more about it because it's, it's, it's supposedly, in fact, there's another link that I have that I liked and I believe the most of every, everything that I've read on the 5G, I like this one the most because it seemed the most realistic and it told the weaknesses of it and it told um, why they like it and what they're doing with it. Well, the magnetron in the microwave is very similar to the X-ray Generator. I think they're very similar in their waves. It may be different in their output or their how much strength it has. But now that you caught my attention, I'm going to go and do some uh, research on this. Uh, the video that um, I was talking about earlier is actually 44 minutes long, but the part that I wanted to share with you guys is a professor talking about it, and that's eight minutes long. <clears throat> We were told that um, at our staff school is not in session that they wanted to install more security cameras, but nothing else. Yeah, they're they're telling the school districts not to tell people what it is, and that's actually uh, part of the video. They talk about that that they're telling the the faculty and the people like that um, not to tell people it's 5G. And uh, they're making the contract companies, uh, the contractors sign non-disclosure agreements. Rotten. Well, that's flat out defeat. Well, let's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, unless anybody has a, a real opposition to that, if it's only eight minutes, I think we could probably endure an eight-minute uh, audio. Um, anybody have any objections to that? Nope. Sounds fine to me. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, if, you can, if you can find or locate, you know, that exact spot on that. I already have. I already. Yeah, I already prepared it before the call even started. It's uh, been ready for a while. Um, so I'm going to play 10 minutes of it. 
and then I'm going to pause it and uh, make sure uh, that everybody can hear it okay. Um, and just let me know if I need to turn it up or down. Uh, that way it comes through clearly so everybody can hear it. Um, you mean about 10 seconds, you mean? Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, 10 seconds. I'm sorry. I, I got up at, I think, 11 o'clock last night. And then I That's did a 14 right. hour shift. And then I've been up ever since. <laughs> so, no problem at all. Go ahead and play that and uh, break in, and we'll just tell you how, you, how you're doing, okay? Okay, here we go. minutes i wasn't sure i was going to get to this stage but i can't help but say something about this whole coronavirus thing okay could you guys hear it fine it's fine okay okay yeah all right i'll just uh i'll start up start at that point again here we go i have 10 minutes i wasn't sure i was going to get to this stage but can't help but say something about this whole coronavirus thing, if you want me to. In 1918, after the, um, uh, the biggest pandemic, the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, Steiner was asked, what was this all about? And he said, well, viruses are simply excretions of a toxic cell. Viruses are pieces of DNA or RNA with a few other proteins. They butt out from the cell. They happen when the cell is poisoned. They are not the cause of anything. And the cells get poisoned. They try to purify themselves by excreting debris, which we call viruses. If you, if you go to the current theory of viruses called exosomes in the latest head of the NIH giving a talk on the complexity of viruses, you will see this is perfectly in line with the current thinking on what a virus really is. I had a dramatic example of this when I was growing up. Out right outside our house, there was a wetland, and they were full of frogs, and the frogs kept me up at night, so I taped the windows, and they were, in the spring, it was, they made a big racket. And then over time, the frogs were all gone. How many think the virus, the frogs had a genetic disease? How many think the, vi the frogs had a virus? How many think somebody put DDT into the water? That's what happened. Diseases are poisoning. So what happened in 1918? There was a huge, in every, every pandemic in the last 150 years, there was a, a quantum leak in the electrification of the earth. In 1918, late, uh, late fall of 1917, there was the introduction of radio waves around the world. Whenever you expose any biological system to a new electromagnetic field, you poison it, you kill some, and the rest go into a kind of suspended animation so that interestingly, they live a little bit longer and sicker. And then starts in World War II with the next pandemic with the introduction of radar equipment all over the earth, blanketing the entire earth 
in radar fields. First time humans have ever been exposed to that. In 1968, there was the Hong Kong flu, and it was the first time the Earth has a protective layer in the Van Allen belt, which essentially integrates the cosmic uh, field from the sun and the Earth, from the moon and Jupiter, etc. integrates that and essentially distributes that to the living beings of the Earth. And we put satellites emitting radioactive frequencies in the Van Allen belt. Within six months, we had a new viral pandemic. Why viral? Because the people are poisoned, they excrete toxins, they look like viruses. People think it's, an, it's a flu epidemic. In the 1918 the, uh, epidemic, the Boston Health Department decided to investigate the contagiousness of this. So they, believe it or not, took hundreds of people with the flu and they sucked the snot out of their nose and injected it into the healthy people who didn't have the flu and not one time could they make the next person sick. They did this over and over again, and they were not able to demonstrate contagion. They even did it with horses who apparently got the Spanish flu, and they put bags over their head, and the horses sneezed in the bag, and they put the bag over the next horse, and not one horse got sick. You can read about this in a book called The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg, who chronicles all the steps in the electrification of the earth and how within six months there was a new flu pandemic all over the world and when you invest when you hear the normal explanation how did it go from kansas to south africa in two weeks so the entire world got the symptoms at the same time despite of the fact that the mode of transportation was horseback and boat and there's no explanation for it they just say, we don't know how that happened. But when you think about it, with these radio waves and other frequencies that some of you have in your pocket and on your wrist, you can send a signal to Japan and it arrives instantaneously. So any of you who don't believe there is an electromagnetic field that communicates globally within seconds, just is not paying attention to this. And I will only finish by pointing out that there has been a dramatic and quantum leap in the last six months with the electrification of the Earth. And I'm sure a lot of you know what that is. It's called spot where they now have 20,000 radiation-emitting satellites, just like the radiation-emitting thing in your pocket and on your wrist and that you use all the time. That is not compatible with health. I'm sorry to say it. It's not compatible with health. That is a water destructuring device. And for any of you who say, yeah, well, well, we're not electrical beings. We're just physical matter. Then don't bother doing an EKG or an EEG or a nerve conduction test because we are electrical beings and the chemicals are only the byproduct of those electrical impulses. And I'll finish with anybody want to make one guess as to where the first completely blanketed 5G city in the world was. Exactly. China. So when you start thinking about this, we are in an existential crisis here, folks, the likes of which humankind has never seen. And I don't want to go all Old Testament prophet on you. Uh, 
But this is something that is unprecedented. The, the putting of 100,000 satellites in the very blanket of the Earth. And by the way, as I was going to say earlier, this actually has something to do with the vaccine question. And this got brought home to me because about a year ago or so, I had a patient who came in who was totally fine, a surfer and all, and then he broke his... He works as an electrician putting in Wi-Fi systems for very wealthy people. Electricians have a very high mortality rate, but he was fine. And then he breaks his arm and he gets a metal plate put in his arm. Three months later, he couldn't get out of bed and this total, you know, heart irregularity, just total collapse. The susceptibility has to do with how much metal you have in your body as well as the quality of the water in your cells. So if you start oh, injecting yeah. aluminum in people, they become receptors for absorbing increased electromagnetic fields, and that is a perfect storm for the kind of deterioration of the species, which is what we're now experiencing. So Wuhan was the first place that they implemented the 5G network, which is about the same time the coronavirus started showing up. And what he was making a point with the vaccines is they're putting mercury and aluminum in vaccines, and that is putting metal into people's bodies, which makes them more susceptible to uh, these frequencies. Um and I have to wonder, uh, just speaking of personal revelation, in 2015, I was told to leave Spanish Fork and go down into Emory County. And I was told to warn people that they need to leave populated areas. And I wonder if that has anything to do with this 5G thing coming online. Also, People are getting the virus that have not had any contact with anyone that's had it. And they don't know how. If they're starting to implement these 5G systems in the cities, that might be a reason why these people that have not had any contact with anybody who's had the coronavirus are getting it. I just actually listened to a man that was saying that you can't you can't spread the virus. It's not contagious like that. The virus is all your body going through a detoxifying process. The virus it's it's different from bacterial means, but that the virus you can't actually pass from one person to another. Try to camp. It's interesting, several months ago, uh, Ed and I were discussing uh, Victor Strasberg and water and how he energized water and looking at YouTube videos on this, putting water through the device that Victor pioneered, it actually strengthened the body. You're able to see the effects of that in like 15 minutes. And I built one on the design that Ed had, and I'm curious if we need to start 
uh, drinking water that's more energized, if that would be a combatant against this. Ed and Miriam were talking about how lemon and wool could possibly be, you know, not, not let those waves come in. Um, I don't know if they're on the call, but um, I I believe. Yeah, that right there. Yeah, and then also um, MMS supposedly gets heavy metals out of your body, and so does an herb called chlorella. I'm sure there's others, but those are the only two I have experience with. That you could actually, um, we did, we looked up the frequency of linen and, and, um, there's a lot of, quite a few articles of the bit that have been written on it and they have this machine that can test the frequency of different cloths and things. Um, and interestingly enough, they, they found that linen and wool or leather have a frequency of 5,000. And our bodies, just regular, have a frequency of about 100 unless we're sick. And then it gets down below, I think like 40, 40 is a sick body and um, 15 is a very ill body. And most of our plastic, like our rayon, um, all of our plastic-made um, clothing, polyesters, everything has a frequency of 15. And then um, they said that black, the color black, totally collapses the frequency field. Um, so it doesn't matter what it's made out of. And then they found also that if you take, so cotton has a frequency of 100 if it's organic and unbleached. But if you bleach it and it's inorganic, then it drops down to about 40. Um, and then hemp also has a frequency of 100 which is um, really helpful for a healthy body. But if it's um, there again, if it's unbleached and, and organic, um, but then the linen is up at 5,000 and so is the wool. And they found that um, when you pray, that when you're, when you're actually making an effort to pray, that our frequency will jump um, from 100 upwards to 5,000. So it makes sense that um, in the scriptures that linen was the garments for what they were supposed to make their garments. When he says, my people will be wearing linen, um, quotes from the scriptures. And he says that um, he says that if someone is sick, the only clothing that they were supposed to wear is linen. And they found, or, or leather, you know, or wool, um, but they found that that when you wear linen, it actually reflects light, your light back to you, and it has a massive healing effect. That's why they used to they only used to use linen um, bandages to wrap wounds and such because it would help heal faster mm-hmm. and like at least three times faster. And they also found that um, when they would use like linen suture inside the body, that the body would use the linen fibers as their own cells, like it would convert the linen fibers to, to a body cell and use the whole thing. Um, and so, and it was beneficial instead of harmful. And then the other thing that they found out, you know, in the scriptures, it says the only thing that they weren't supposed to do is they weren't supposed to mix wool and linen together. Um, and so they tested and they found out that linen 
has, so the molecules of the linen spin one direction, the energy field goes one direction, and the wool goes the opposite. So, like, if you put a wool sweater over the top of a linen shirt, they cancel each other out. And so that makes sense why it's in the scriptures to not put mix wool with linen um, because it did that. And then there's, there was another quote. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up to find out exactly where it is. But it says that in Zion, or when we're going to Zion, that, that his people will be wearing clothes made out of linen. Okay, well... <clears throat> I had a, a bunch of stuff I had to get done before the sun sets tonight because tonight is Friday night. So Shabbat Shalom. Uh, the sun will have gone down by the time I upload this. In fact, it is going down right now. So anyway, I'm just going to upload this. There won't be any call in line tonight. Uh, it'll just go directly to the podcast so, um, thank you everyone for listening to this. Uh, if you're interested in this uh, episode that you were just listening to, we are actually at 40 minutes into it, and it's episode 253, Kevin Kraut and Friends Cottage Meeting. And that cottage meeting aired live April 5th, 2020. So, if you're interested in listening to, listening to the rest of that program, just go to Fundamentally Mormon, where you get your podcasts, uh, specifically blogtalkradio.com forward slash Fundamentally Mormon, or it's actually way easier to find on iTunes. Uh, it's episode 253. So, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back on on Monday. So we'll continue to try to con- uh, go live Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. until we're finished or up to 8, 8 p.m. And uh, this has been Flashback Friday with Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichten-Walter, and this has been a Zion's Redemption Radio Network program. Thank you. Bye.